99% of this movie was storyboard beforehand. And I think we, in the end, we used four different cars to, to pull off, or pull off basically. And for a lot of them, a lot of them, there's like a driver hidden on the roof, like a stunt driver. So we oh, had a wow. car that basically, yeah, the steering wheel and the brakes and everything are up top. And Dimitri just has to hold on to the steering wheel and pretend to be really good. And oh, that damn. Way, yeah. But um, oftentimes I would be in the car or in the trunk. Uh, obviously, the cameraman's in there, and we come, we would, we would come out very pale after an action action scene because. Uh, yeah, we did a lot, lot of stuff for real. Today on the show, we are joined by film and music video director Jonas Govertz. Jonas recently released a new movie titled Hazard, starring the world-famous DJ Dimitri Vegas. And we caught this film at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. And what a wild ride. This movie was so much fun. And I was so happy to get the opportunity to talk to him all about the behind the scenes stuff, the craziness with the stunts, the action, the dialogue, and other nuances that were revealed in this interview that gives me an extra layer of appreciation of how much fun that film is. Also, Jonas is well known for his work on music videos with artists such as R.A. the Rugged Man and bands and musicians of all sorts of genres. I think what's cool about hearing his journey is that I felt really inspired by his spirit beyond having the intentions to learn something new with each and every project he does. At the end of the day, he wants to just make it fun and make some cool shit. And how can you not respect that? So we're gonna get into it right now and here's Jonas. I think this is the record for the earliest podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> what is it, like seven for you or something? Yeah, you know what's funny too? When uh, I was calculating the times, uh, I originally thought you were only like five hours ahead. And then last night I did like a double, triple check and I'm like, oh shit, I got like one less hour. But it's all good. This is fun getting <laughs> me up early and uh, starting the day off with just a great talk. Um, I got to say, um, I'm excited to pick your brain, not only about the movie Hazard, but uh, I was kind of going back in time and seeing the things you've done. And I didn't even notice till like yesterday that I've seen a bunch of your work through music videos. Really? And you've like mainly uh, the stuff you've done with R.A. the Rugged Man and a lot of those things too. Um, I'm very part of the hip-hop scene in Toronto too nice. and also uh just uh a lot of those videos uh went super viral and stuff such as like the legendary loser I've always seen like clips of that like uh on little news channels too uh, because of uh he's dressed up like six nine and all that too but um uh -huh. yeah, just it's such a cool body of work you have and I kind of like want to go back in time and hear how you got into filmmaking and was it music videos first was it films first uh how was like your timeline there so i i've always um i've always made music as a musician not hip-hop though and i've always uh and i went to film school like uh, a lot of my colleagues so um i think the first few things i did might have been some shorts coming out of school and then uh pretty much because i'm i'm in a musical community and belgium is a very musical country uh, so I got asked quite quickly to to make music videos for other people, and and my my philosophy there is that there I use them as like mini movies to try maybe new technologies out or work with an actor or actors I haven't worked with. Like a group will give you 
a little bit of money and and the good thing is that um they'll kind of let you they're just happy that they have some some images to go with their music and i i see it as little movies so uh, a lot of my colleagues they work um maybe every five years because that's how long it takes to get a movie made over here and to me these are little practice runs and um and when it comes to international artists i will usually approach an artist to see if they're interested like i know i'm, I'm not I'm not the biggest hip hop fan myself, or I wasn't before, but RA is also a big horror fan. Mm. Uh, RA Rugged Man, who I've made a few videos for. And he made a movie, um, I think about 10 years ago, uh, he made a movie together with Frank Hennelotter called Bad Biology, which was this very weird, very sexual, very dark movie. And uh, I noticed that the guy, him, uh, who was the co-writer and the actor in it was coming to like a small, small bar in Antwerp uh, to perform so i i saw him there i heard his music I, I think i knew his music but i'd never seen him play, play live and i just cornered him and i think he was so um so pleasantly surprised that someone didn't want to talk about music but want to talk about horror mm, <laughs> that we, yeah we kind of we kind of became fast friends and whenever he's over for we shoot a video here he'll stay here in my house like he's a he's a he's a real rebel in the hip-hop scene and he's a real do-it-yourself artist and uh, i appreciate that a lot because i feel like that uh, myself yeah that's so cool and like even like seeing the list like you've done so many like almost more than you can count on the hands of like his videos and that's that's uh right too like he's such like a, a workhorse and almost like uh you use the word uh diy and just uh i see him just like touring over the years like just crazy and stuff like that so that's like a big grind and you said that your yourself it kind of has that spirit as well and that's what connected you to uh you find like making music videos to uh you're just very like diy and just like let's figure this out and just hustling and everything 100 i don't think uh it always starts with the promise like they'll approach me and they're like yeah you especially ra will say you, you'll keep a little money for your pocket and it never happens i don't care because i know stepping into a music video either it's a uh, how do you call that? Like a break-even situation? Or I, I'll, mm. I'll put a little money in myself. I know that's. I know how it is, and I know there's your ambitions are always bigger than the budget. Um, but rather than not doing it or just doing some stupid performance video, I always try to do something special and something I haven't done before. Like the the latest ones I've done, I've been working with like those open AI programs. So a lot of 3D, a lot of like um, computer imagery. This it's all new territory for me and I, I love it with every video I try to explore something a tool I haven't explored yet so that's usually that's what I get out of it basically oh that's so cool and uh I really relate to that like sometimes uh you just got the idea and you don't care like it's almost like the the art and passion is above the money you know where I I find like a lot of people like working like obviously we need money to live and that but i find like when i can take a hit if i can make something even better like that i have imagined i always do that too and uh to the point where like sometimes people like uh think i'm crazy <laughs> you know like it's, it doesn't make sense like business mind but it's it's interesting to hear your spirit of just uh almost like idea over everything type of spirit you know well, during the making of each one, there's always a time where I'm like, why am I why am I doing this? Why did I fool myself into doing this? But then when it turns out cool, it's like, oh, yeah, now I know. And then uh, some time passes and I fall for it again next time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting, too. You mentioned you're working with a bunch of like new technology and it's even cool to 
kind of step out of your comfort zone and gain all this knowledge too. And I'm sure like when, every time you do this on like a music video, you get a new tool that you can use, like maybe in a film or whatnot and everything. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think hazard is basically um, uh, a lot of the scenes I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't have those, those 10 years or 15, 15 years of like, boots on the ground music video experience i'm sure of it i couldn't have done it i'm sure yeah yeah even even when i watched hazard 2 it has like like i didn't notice as i was watching it but now that i think about it it does have like a music video look and sleek to it and like the way things are shot and just like very like fast paced and quick and it's it's really cool and it's uh i kind of want to know a little bit about uh what inspired you to make hazard and make a epic ambitious action movie like that uh how did that come about i was already um it's it's a script uh heavily adapted but the the original idea is from an american writer called trent haga who's a, a guy i admire much like your ra is like uh you know an old school do-it-yourself kind of punky rebel type who came from trauma basically that's where he um he had his education film education and we we've been working for a few years on on another script, an LA uh, an LA set thing, but then as we were working on it, the pandemic hit, and um, I kind of realized like, oh shit, this is not uh, this is not for me. I, I won't be able to sit uh, uh, in my desk for however long this is gonna last this epidemic. So I basically asked him, do you have anything lying around that I could shoot quickly and cheaply? Which are two words that will come and haunt me. <laughs> and he had a, like a first draft of something and it was then called int car interior car and uh, it was an la set um yeah two guys in a car going around and his idea was to shoot it probably for himself for like a couple of hundred thousand with gopros in his car uh oh, in his wow. own car without permits but uh with his permission we turned it into the film that it is today basically uh he was still involved but we we kind of agreed that i could could kind of run wild with it and make it more surreal and more belgian and uh yeah and that's that's what hazard became basically yeah oh that's very interesting too because uh it's cool to hear that it started out as a simple idea because uh, what it turned <laughs> into is just craziness and madness and uh yeah i ended up watching that uh through the toronto uh after dark film festival and it was uh i'm it's most mostly like a horror festival but i'm myself is more of an action guy too so that was like a perfect way for me to kind of like kick it off and just uh watch something so fun it almost reminded me of like movies i love like such as like guy Ritchie films like a snatch or a lock stock and two smoking barrels because beyond the action um I really loved the characters as well. Like they're just over the top personalities. And uh, I kind of want to know like your experience working with all these different actors and like, it almost seemed like it would be like such a fun experience to be on the, the set and like have them go over these like ridiculous lines and everything. Yeah, I, I um, uh, it was a real balance of, of, it's a real mixture of inexperienced and experienced actors. Like there's a lot of musician cameos. Dimitri, the lead himself, had never been a lead for, of anything. He had some acting experience, but he, he'd never done that. So we kind of retooled the script to fit everyone's uh, talents and experience. And like, it was kind of a, a weird exercise because often I would tell Dimitri to, to do less and to be more stoic and to be more like the cool driver guy. While next to him, Jeroen, uh, I just dialed him up to 11 and beyond because he, he usually, on, he's, he's a, he's a well-known actor over here, the, the rapper character, the nephew. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but he usually is such a wild persona that I think a lot of my colleagues ask him to tone it down a bit. <laughs> and, and, and I was the first one, I think, to, to ask for more, even after a, a big, big take. I have a lot of uh, rushes where he kind of looks into the camera after a take going like, I can't believe I'm allowed to do this. And then the next take would be even bigger. So that was a very interesting um, uh, thing for me as a director to all these different energies to kind of um, have them come together in this in this weird movie that's not in completely in reality. So that was kind of new for me as well. Um uh, and like for for example, the scene I heard in Toronto, we get an applause unto itself, which was nice. There's like a pretty erotic scene involving the car at a certain point. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But that guy performing the uh, the erotic act is actually quite a quite a serious theater and um, TV and film actor. And I love that too to not have it be a cartoon performance. Uh, it's a cartoon or, or a very over the top uh, scene, but the guy takes it completely seriously. So these. I got to make all these little mini movies inside the movie with very different energy. So that was, yeah, it was great. Great way to spend the summer. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And even like hearing you talk about it too, uh, just kind of like your energy and like you're smiling too for people who are listening to the audio versions of this one. Um, it just seemed like such a, a fun experience too. And um, as a viewer that totally translated uh, on the screen, like, you know, like it, the movie just felt like a non-stop action like party you know too and uh even it's interesting to hear you talk about uh dimitri vegas and saying that was his first role um this movie actually introduced me to him when i was doing my research and stuff like that and i'm like oh this guy was really good like what else is he in and you click on his imdb and it's like uh nothing he's a dj he's an and like uh somebody who was like voted number one dj in the world at one time um i'm not really from uh that uh that scene so i didn't know that but then i look on his instagram and it's at like two million followers type of thing too so that had to be interesting um were were you going in it and knowing he was like inexperienced did you feel nervous making him the lead or did you just think of like this is going to work out anyway type of thing no no there was definitely um uh it wasn't it wasn't it was a gamble but then i met him because like you i wasn't um i mean belgium is a small country so i knew i knew of his reputation but also i'm I'm a hip-hop fan i'm a a guitar band fan i'm not into edm at all i i am a little bit more now because he really taught me about that music he was um the music supervisor of the film as well but um as soon as i met him even though he's like yeah, a star in in his uh, in his uh, world or his universe. He was super humble about the whole thing, and and the good thing was because of the pandemic, he wasn't touring like normally. He wouldn't be home for one week, but he was just home, and we and and that allowed me. I, I went over there in my mind every weekend. We just went over the script. We talked about it, and he wasn't. Uh, there was no ego involved, and uh, mm-hmm. and he admitted freely that he was open to learn. And he trusted me more than uh, than some experienced actors trusted me. So just to have that, like to have someone who's just willing to learn and and uh, let you tell him, like I think this is your limit, and let's try that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was that was great about him. So uh, it, it it was a it was a jump in the dark for both of us, but um, I don't think we betrayed each other's trust, and that's what really uh, it really worked out in the end. And it, it uh, I'm happy to hear someone like you say like for you it completely worked and and uh yeah he's good i think he's good so there you go yeah yeah most definitely i kind of want to know like his reaction to when he saw the final product and just like 
your skills of making him a total fucking badass you know like i feel like that's like one of those movies when you see the lead like every guy wishes they could be in a role like that you know but uh, <laughs> like what 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 was his like take when he finally saw the finished uh, piece well i think i think that hopefully we do something a little bit subversive where like in the fi first five minutes of the movie you think he's gonna be like a jason statham kind of badass mm -hmm. But really, he's a dad who drops off his kid. He gets beaten up a lot. He 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 bites the dust a lot. And that was the most pleasant thing, that Dimitri was completely game with all those things. Like, that character thinks he's really cool, but in the end, he's just a family dad, a family man trying to get by and barely surviving. And uh, I liked that he didn't just want to be the badass, even though, you know, he has a badass side and he, he, he looks mm -hmm. the part. But I thought, oh no, like there's a, we say in Belgium, like a small heart in, inside the in, inside him. So, Glenn uh, Hartje. So, um, that was that was my pleasant surprise that he didn't just want to be Jason Statham. He, he wanted to be the family man as well and went all out to portray that as well. So, that's that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And even you saying that, it's like kind of making me appreciate the character a little more, the double side to him too, because uh, there is like a lot of scenes where he's just this insane driver you know but then yeah again like he does have a heart and that's like i wouldn't say a weakness you know but it just like does get him in situations and all that but um yeah and speaking of the driving too like the action was so incredible too and uh that had to be a challenge to film as well <laughs> like all these different angles and everything and could you tell me a little bit about like uh producing action like that Sure. I, I think the reason why I, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm myself, I'm not, I'm, I'm more of a horror guy than, than an action guy myself. I like, I like action movies, but I'm not necessarily a fan of gangster movies. Like that, that's a world that has, I think it's been done. But the cool thing about transcript was like the first line before the story started, uh, it said the camera doesn't leave the car. And to me, that was such, such a cool prospect that was very Hitchcockian. Mm. And, and basically, that's what made me think, oh, whatever the story is, I think I might be very interested in, in figuring out how far you can go. And, and the cool thing is, like, um, really, this wasn't the budget of an action movie. We had, like, limited resources. But because, because the camera never leaves the car, you can uh, get away with it. And you, can, you have to rethink all your... Sorry for the sirens. Yeah, uh, no problem. <laughs> uh, you have to rethink all your set pieces and they become hopefully quite unique and original looking because you only have one uh, vantage point, basically. So to mm -hmm. me, uh, I think 99% of this movie was storyboard beforehand. And I think we, in the end, we used four different cars to, to pull off what we pull off, basically. And for a lot of them, a lot of them, there's like a driver hidden on the roof, like a stunt driver. So we oh, had a wow. car that basically... Yeah, the steering wheel and the brakes and everything are up top. And Dimitri just has to hold on to his steering wheel and pretend to be really good. And oh, that damn. Way, yeah. But um, oftentimes I would be in the car or in the trunk. Uh, obviously, the cameraman's in there. And we come, we would, we would come out very pale after an action action scene because, uh, yeah, we did a lot, a lot of stuff for real. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. That's cool to hear all that, those extra layers with like a driver on top too and like... <laughs> And even like putting your trust in that driver, I can imagine like you being in the trunk with the camera and Dimitri's like uh, in the front, like pretending, but it also like, okay, I hope he doesn't hit this wall right here. Or, like whatever crazy situation you're into that had to be like yeah. a bit of a rush. 
It was a it was a, a German guy called Lutz, and he came straight off the of the James Bond set. So we did. Uh, he he had experience, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. One thing uh, I appreciated too about the uh, the driving too. It seemed um, very. 2022 with the car technology you know like uh i'm used to watching like old james bonds movies too and all they have is just like the stick shift and some stuff like that but it's cool like how this movie utilized like the newer car technology like the dash cams and even like pulling out new tricks that i've never seen in an action movie in car chases too because it's such like a modern take on everything too so that's that had to be like really interesting getting creative with what you can do with newer vehicles and that type of technology and all that for sure that was like the whole exercise uh, of of uh, what angle haven't we seen before and let's not have it be boring i don't think there's an angle we don't we don't use basically you even see you get a shot through the exhaust exhaust pipe stuff like that uh the 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 rear view cam was very uh, handy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just, I like when technology, like his phone becomes like a super important um, tool in the storytelling. Like a lot of the backstory comes through the phone, different characters come through the phone. Uh, I, I love playing with stuff like that. And it's visual. You don't have to explain it. People know what it is. So that's that's nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Even I, I feel like this movie would make a great video game as well, too, with the... Uh... I don't know. It just seems like a few or like a futuristic, like Grand Theft Auto type of scenario type of thing with nonstop uh, just action and hilarious characters. And um, I don't want to spoil too much of this movie. Like I, I stress people to go see it, but there is one thing I wanted to mention too that I just loved. And I believe it was called like the eight o'clock dog or the six o'clock dog. Or yeah. is, is that really taken from like a folktale to, get children in their house earlier or is was this just something that, that the... is um it's it's not a folktale it's what my grandmother used to to tell us uh, to get us into bed um so yeah that was the thing she had a little yard and behind the yard was a, a little pathway and it spoke to my imagination like my grandmother would say like look you guys have to go to bed before eight o'clock or the, the dog will get you mm. uh, yeah <laughs> so that's it uh and and it became i thought oh if i set this up as a joke then it can pay off later and we we actually get that character to see it it was a lot it was basically uh, a tribute to to my grandmother here in belgium yeah oh that's so beautiful too and then <laughs> it just turned into like just a hilarious almost like horror like thing where this world you created actually has the eight o'clock dog and if you're out at this time this thing's gonna just rip you apart and i don't know this is something i i thought that was just so funny and even hearing the layers like i did not know that came from like your grandma as well that's uh that's great that you have that little mm -hmm. tribute to her is she, is she still around is she still alive does she know this or no She's not around, but but every um, every one of her children and their children know about the eight o'clock dog. So so my family uh, greatly enjoyed that little uh, nod. And I don't know okay. if you noticed, but we in the in the film we used the the clock of the the of the car to to show the passage of time a few times. Mm. And uh, there's no coincidence uh, when the eight o'clock dog appears. It's exactly at eight. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs>
amazing yo that's that's such a cool like little uh concept of a monster too even i was thinking like that'd be a great name for a hardcore band or something eight o'clock dog like that's hard as fuck and like when people ask you what it means it's like oh yeah at eight like this dog's gonna come and kill you <laughs> i gotta pick up the guitar again and make that happen <laughs> yeah that or like a very non-tasty ipa beer could be called yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's facts. Especially <laughs> around here, I can see that they're already being one because there's just so many uh, micro breweries popping up. Like that's the fad in Toronto. Like every corner has a brewery now. But I might there have to go. pitch that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. And uh, yeah, even um, looking like through your IMDb too, it's showing that you are working on something else as well called uh, Heads Will Roll, and uh, just. I'm not sure how much you can talk about it too, but uh, is this another action movie or is this uh, a horror? No, this is a, that, that would be if it ever comes to pass, and I, I hope it will. Uh, I've been sitting on that. Well, not sitting on it, but it's been it's been uh, brewing for uh, a few years, and it's basically a heavy metal horror comedy. Um, that's the idea. It's about a, a band that would have been Metallica, but they fucked it up, and uh, basically they get. Um, chased down by their own mascot like if iron maiden had eddie come after them that's kind of the idea uh yeah oh i'm yeah. so intrigued oh man yeah especially uh just loving what you did with hazard too i'm a day one watcher of this one too uh, i'm a big metalhead <laughs> like at the beginning i mentioned that i'm part of the hip-hop scene but everybody who knew me growing up makes a joke like how because i'm always wearing like metal shirts i've got a motorhead parody of aliens right here oh, wow. but, but fucking uh yeah, just somehow, like, I took a direction in my life where, like, the just filming, like, live events and the Toronto hip-hop scene embraced me like a family, you know? And it's almost, it's beyond the genre of music. It's almost, like, just a spirit and, that I work with them and everything. But people growing up who knew me are like, how the hell did this even happen? And it's interesting, even at the beginning of the interview, too, like, you said, like, you weren't really, like in the hip-hop world and now you're so embedded in like making almost all these like famous ra the rugged man videos to uh do you feel like you're kind of like the type of person who just kind of let lets go and goes with the flow with things and falls into like all these different uh paths in life well i do think like when uh i think i might be a bit older than you but when when i was growing up there was no way that um the metal kids or the grunge kids would talk to the hip-hop kids or even the metal kids to the grunge kids there were all these you know um groups mm -hmm. and i feel it in the last 10 15 years kids don't care about that it's all you, you know it's all good so i i appreciate that so that's me as a as a music fan uh but also what i love about my job is is i get to dive into worlds that i didn't know before like the whole edm thing uh the electronic dance music stuff yeah, Dimitri was like, let's make this the coolest soundtrack that, that ever was for a music movie. And and that's just, that's not homework to me. Like every mo movie I make, even I'm not a car guy at all. Like I don't have a car. I, I use these rentals. But for this, I really had to look into like, how do we make this cool but uncool? Uh, and with every project, that's what I like. I, I meet new people with new new interests and I get to look at things in a different way. And that's what's great about the job, basically. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I hope I'm open minded what, uh, when it comes to those things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And then some, and yeah, I, re I am from like the, the days where it wasn't cool to mis mix genres, you know, it's like, it was interesting how like, 
if you listen to metal that had to be your identity if you listen to hip-hop that had to be your identity and it's uh it's interesting hearing about your film journey and all that it where whether it's coming from music or different genres of film um just totally being open and uh in learning in an authentic way and uh just getting the right type of people too and like you mentioned the the music in hazard too which was so fun and uh, even like uh i mentioned i'm not like much of an edm guy but it was some iconic tracks that i recognize such as like a darude and i think maybe one was a, like a dj tiesto i believe oh, yeah. too yeah yeah and um it's funny how the movie even like had a moment where it kind of broke the fourth wall and made fun of the soundtrack where um the secondary character kind of asked if he could turn off the 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 techno music type of thing. So yeah, and even even for even more than fourth wall, like I think the track. Uh, so what happens is uh, our main character has a track on. I think that's I think that's actually Sandstorm by The Root, mm-hmm. which uh, for a peek behind the scenes, that was the most expensive track we had on the soundtrack. And then uh, the nephew steps into the car and he basically says, turn that shit off. And the next track you hear is already the Rugged Man, who basically ah. gave us his music for free. So the fact that these two artists who would never meet in real life are like next to each other in a movie, that really gave me like a, a big kick. I was like, yeah, this is kind of my life. Like, it was really funny. Yeah, uh, so it's it's stuff like that. And, and you know. When the car, the, the idea is like, he just wants his own little paradise, but everyone who gets in, you know, messes with his life, messes with his car. And, and that's, the, it's just a takeover each time. And that's kind of, I thought that was a funny element uh, to it all. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even just thinking, it seems like almost every project you do, you do something to step out of your comfort zone or learn something new. And is there any uh, big, takeaways from this film that you think about um from in like uh i don't know in retrospect when you look back at it it's just like uh of maybe something you learned or something uh like you took away from it that you're going to use going forward um what what i'm happy with is that uh, it wasn't an easy movie to make especially technically but um the fact that i uh and and encouraged all parties to keep on going all out like the fact that you feel that like it's a party i think is a result of everyone treating it as a party and and because it's uh, car movies are technically quite daunting and it's a lot of serious business on set but the fact that we always made room for fun and improvisation and color and laughter i like that idea that it it uh, bleeds to in the in the final product like it's a fun movie it's not it's not a it's not a chore hopefully to sit through uh so yeah the fact that we uh try to keep that alive i think is very important going going further uh, as movies hopefully get bigger yeah yeah uh, that's awesome too and uh yeah i'm so interested in uh what you do with heads will roll too because it seems like such a a different concept as well which um i don't know it's exciting i'm a i'm a new fan of yours and uh i just kind of like even talking to you i'm appreciating uh more and more layers of how the process is you know yeah yeah yeah. uh uh yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah no problem no problem and like you did mention this next one is uh features a metal band and we've interviewed a bunch of metal bands on the show as well too so that's kind of like a cool crossover and do you have any like favorites uh bands growing up or maybe even currently right now yeah like i said i was 
I was a grunge kid, so when I was 12, yeah. Nevermind came out, and and um, for you know 10, 15 years, metal was uh, stupid to me. It was like, why are these guys? Even even though I, I secretly probably listened to the Black album, mm-hmm. um, uh, but the funny thing is, as a musician, uh, I, I try to keep up. I'm a bass player, and um, and I just noticed that if I practice now, it's always the Iron Maiden because if you really want to work out for your fingers, so yeah. If you told me, uh, if you told 15-year-old me that he'd be practicing bass to Iron Maiden, uh, I would, my head would explode. It so it's just like, it's it's. Um, it took me a while to to see where punk and metal kind of converged. But if you get to the Misfits and stuff like that, it kind of all starts making sense, and you can move freely between them. Like if I go to the gym now, I'm listening to Meshuggah, uh, those mm. kind of bands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's good to be open minded when it comes to music and not just be stuck in the past. That's uh, that's what I've learned. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And even with RA, for example, I'm working on a video now, and it's you would think the complete opposite of RA music. It's these two girls that sing harmonies in Dutch. It's almost like theater art set to music. And RA loved the video that I did for them, and he kind of without asking, uh, he basically freewheeled over their beat. So now there's another collaboration that's like that would never happen in any universe where already Rugged Man is singing over these two Dutch girls' music. I love stuff like that. And and yeah, RA's me like too. <laughs> yeah, oh I I love it so much too. And yeah, you like we mentioned too, uh you wouldn't imagine as a kid like all this stuff blending. It was all so in a box. And yeah, I totally remember those days. And even right now, uh um, probably my most frequent guest is this guy. Uh, it's a friend of mine named Joe Cash, and he kind of does like a more like kind of sappy, emotional like songs with on acoustic or piano. But prior to that, he was so embedded in like the punk scene, and even um, films with me all these battle raps and stuff like that. So even though his music isn't punk or rap, you go to one of his shows and the crowd is like people with mohawks and misfit shirts and just all just kind of like groove into this emotional music too. And even like thinking about it, I'm getting like goosebumps where it's more like, it's not even about like what the sound is. It's more like people, I feel like these days are connecting to a vibe an energy, a spirit and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's something that's really interesting to me. And I'm happy it's happening, too, because, like, I don't know, just, I guess it's the power of the internet as well. Like, we're sure. exposed to so much more stuff than maybe something like an older brother or a cousin showed you. And they're just like, this is music type of thing. And this is the only way where now it's just, you can watch everything, you know? It's funny, because there was always a connection. You, you're probably familiar with the Canadian band No Means No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was like, that's if you want to learn to play bass, that's a band. Like, that's one of the bands I loved. And they, uh, I interviewed them once, and they had a weird connection with the Lowlands. They often would play, like, their live album is recorded in Holland. Uh, so there's a weird cultural connection, too, why those two places match. I don't know what it is. I just had to pick it at. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the fact that you, as that I'm now, you know, there's, what's the time difference? Like, seven or eight hours between us? Yeah, uh, uh, I believe six, six hours. Yeah, oh, six, yeah. But the fact that uh, a small genre movie, we don't make genre movies in Belgium. So the fact that I'm talking to you now is, to, to me, is a small wonder as well. Like, um, we don't really have genre cinema here. So uh, I'm glad I get to make one every every few years. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And even like, I feel like um, we don't get a lot of these type of movies uh, 
like a huge three theatrical push on or they they get like these limited runs and one thing that i i just appreciated it so much about this movie too is like i haven't seen a crazy good off the rails action movie in so long cuz like nowadays it's like if you're not a superhero movie you're not getting that push and um what's special it's I, I don't think it's all of Canada. I think it's just like the major cities like uh, Vancouver or Toronto. They do have these film festivals where you can see these type of like, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to use the word throwback, but it's like kind of have like an older like action movie experience, but it's also new and it's also like very quality. So I feel like very blessed getting to see your film alongside with with others. And because I think if we didn't have that festival, like that would be something like totally off my radar and everything. Yeah, I think it's it's a genre that um, kind of with the DVD going away and like those mid budget things going away. Uh, it's it's it was a dying breed for a long time. So I, I know what you mean. It's not a it's not a it's not disrespectful to call it like a throwback or a retro. That's exactly what we were trying to do. That's the movies I miss. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like from the 90s there was like a very cool indie scene uh, in the movies that uh, that's completely eradicated it seems and uh yeah anything to to nod to that scene is is yeah great of course yeah and uh yeah i think all of you had like just did such a masterful job on it it was like just just again i can't stop using the word fun even like i noticed with these segments i've been getting a lot of like messages from people who are content creators of all sorts of things from film comedians, uh, musicians, uh, they seem to gravitate to these little podcast segments I'm doing. So I've been starting to just like ask masters at the craft, like yourself. Um, do you, would you have any advice to somebody who's kind of new to filmmaking or music video or making, um, like things they should know, like going into it and, all that on that maybe you learned on your journey um yeah yeah i did let's see i think i'm probably more useful in giving music video advice because Mm -hmm. uh you know one thing i always it sounds stupid but um if you're if you're doing narrative pieces which i prefer over performance pieces it's good to get something on paper uh sounds stupid but even a, a script for a music video for everyone to be on the same page to understand it that's something i always do and a very weird thing is like even though they're like um the length of a song i always try to make him have three acts like if you have like a cool location or something don't use that in the first two parts of your song keep it for the end even though it's just a light change or something whatever budget you have like however cool your video is people will get bored of the visuals after half of it and it's a really weird trick that i use like whatever you have to the little extra thing keep it for the keep it for the end basically um yeah and um involve the band as much well you know these these are just stupid (laughs) it's it's, um yeah it's hard to it's hard to give advice that way but i just what i said before like maybe you can treat uh, music videos as like little mini movies and uh, get get something out of it for yourself, uh, basically. And also, I think it's very important to love the song, because it's whatever, however big the band is, it's a chore if 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 you don't like the song. So I try to, I try to do it for bands I love and and like, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing because I can't even imagine in the editing process you're hearing it over and over and over lines and courses and hooks and yeah, yeah. I, I do I do like that spirit of uh taking uh your big location and saving it almost like like a movie like a climax scene and because I find uh even I've done very very low budget videos and I've had like a different mindset that didn't always work out but it's like we get the location. And it's like, okay, we're using this for the whole thing, you know, instead of uh, saving it for like a special thing. And it's almost something I I don't really think about, like uh, the visual aspect of like almost stimulating somebody else's brain going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to say like, thanks for uh, starting my day with like such a great <laughs> talk about creativity. Usually I don't even have my first coffee by now, but uh, this was such a, a beautiful way to kick off my day, man. Oh, no, thank thank you. Yeah. And um, before we go, is there anything else you want to want to say or anything? Or... Uh, I just hope that uh, that more people get to see it. I don't know what the plan is uh, for the release over there. Um so yeah if 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 you have if like anyone sees it over there wants to ask me something or wants to get in touch please do uh via instagram it's just my name uh, jonas govart uh i love connecting uh not just with filmmakers and fans of of the film but with musicians as well like uh, i usually my, my day job is music video so if you want a video and you have a cool song let me know amazing because <laughs> yeah. uh i feel like i'm more embedded in the music scene than the film scene so yeah well we're definitely going to keep in touch jonas and uh yes. yeah just such a, a pleasure to meet you and everything and uh even um as time goes on if like the film ends up on like a streaming service or something we're gonna reshare clips of this interview in little pieces and just continue to uh get it out because like uh i just one thing about like this series too uh and why i started it it's just i love sharing cool shit and that was a fucking amazing fun time of a movie man and uh yeah i really appreciated that yeah thank you for the um enthusiastic response because i remember even before clicking on it you you see your face uh on the video and mm -hmm. it didn't seem like you were gonna trash the movie like you had a big smile so i was like i, I probably should listen to this one because this guy seems to seems to like what we've done so that oh, was nice. that's amazing too like as uh i was doing all those like immediately when i was done watching it so it was a genuine reaction and uh i did i don't usually do reviews like that um i usually just post clips of the podcast which it's been amazing um just something so simple mm -hmm. as pulling out my phone and like giving a one minute reaction I had no clue of the like the great feedback I would get from it. I was more like doing it because the festival gave me so many films to watch. And I'm like, okay, I got to do something with all this stuff. And um, it's just amazing kind of putting out um, almost genuine good energy has connected me with not only you, like I remember you followed me. I'm like, oh, that's so fucking cool. And then <laughs> even like from other films, from actors to directors just kind of hitting me up and saying like, thank you. Like UFC fighters were in my my uh, inbox. I'm like, such a simple idea of promotion that I've never thought of doing. It was like <laughs> something special. And then I have moments where I'll like spend like an entire day like editing like a podcast and like all these clips and like maybe that doesn't like blow up like that you think it would it's just it's just funny like navigating the internet you never know what's gonna hit or connect with people in general too so 
I kind of appreciate your feedback there too. I'm going to start doing it with like everything I watch now, just cause, uh, I don't know. It's just fun. And again, it's, um, it's so nice to connect with you too. And, uh, I feel like this isn't the last time we're going to be talking together and, uh, having you on an episode because I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever future project you got going on. I'm a new fan of yours. So I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. No. And I, as a last thing, it's, it's that whole thing and I'm guilty of it as well. Um, it's not because you spend three minutes listening to someone's song or watching 90 minutes of someone's music uh, movie. Like the fact that people still appreciate that there's hard work behind that often work of a few years and uh, it's not just dismissed or seen as a, as a mental snack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just great that uh, that people you know appreciate the craft and want to talk about the craft and and uh, don't take it for granted. That's a good feeling. So thank you. Yeah, anytime, man. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time as well. And um, yeah, once I said once again, uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, I hope you have a great day, man. You too. Enjoy your coffee. Hope you enjoyed that talk with Jonas. Like I mentioned, I watched Hazard at a film festival. I believe it's still doing some festival runs, but we will keep you in the loop when it becomes available on a VOD or a streaming platform or anything like that. Just follow the Creative Imbalance socials, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, and we'll let you know. Also, listening back to this, and you know I mentioned this was the earliest recording I've ever done of the podcast. I could tell I was really tired in uh, trying to uh, act like I wasn't tired. (laughs) And there's one thing I regret, I think, because I can blame my brain not firing on all cylinders that early in the morning and not having my coffee. Or maybe not. Maybe I would have missed this anyways. But one thing I regret was when he mentioned that Sandstorm by Darude was the most expensive song for obvious reasons, to have on your film, I regret not asking him how much it cost. (laughs) And (laughs) to the point where I was listening to this back doing the edit, and I yelled at myself, like, why the fuck didn't you follow up on that one, Sean? But it is what it is. I still think this is an amazing interview, and it was so nice to meet Jonas, and I definitely love to get him back on the pod around his next project. And with that being said, before we go, I gotta thank all you legends on the Patreon page. First up, the co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design, Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd, Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio, Jenny Potter, Devin McBride, Ryan Frickin' Campbell, Mike Ulio, the ever-so-lovely Saber. If you guys want to hear some good music, Type in Saber into your Spotify, S-A-B-R-E. She's a wonderful soul and an amazing singer slash artist, all that. Do it. (laughs) And last but not least, Francis Coffer, a.k.a. My Mom. If you want to shout out at the end of every episode and get all these episodes early, raw, and uncut, right when I get off the Zoom call, I post them on patreon.com slash the creative imbalance for a couple bucks you can get all that and you can go to bed at night knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports independent media you're the realest of the real we ain't got no agenda here except to tell some cool stories share some awesome shit like the movie hazard i don't know why i'm getting so aggressive (laughs) but 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you.